good morning. You are listening to the hundredth broadcast of Radical Advice here on BFF.FM, Best Frequencies Forever. Um, I am just kind of shocked it's been a hundred broadcasts and I'm really excited to, to celebrate that today and to going to break format a little bit to bring in some more of your voices uh, in the second half of the show. But in the first half, I have my dear friend Beatrix Gravesguard. Oh my gosh. Here from the Astral Projection Radio Hour. Not so much as a, a regular guest, but as, as a, um, a, a co-unpacker of... Oh, co-unpacker. I, I, I just... I didn't... I like that. I didn't script this part. I want to be a co-unpacker. <laughs> okay, my co-unpacker. I love, I love to unpack. Yeah, let's let's unpack this shit. Um, so I'm really glad to have you here. Thank you so much for um, for volunteering to do I'm this. I'm honored to be here on the, the 100th episode. It's a lot It was of really episodes. great to come on here last time and talk about all of my weird midlife crises issues you know time man time just keeps going by we're getting older our shows are getting older oh our shows are like in kindergarten you know i feel like my shows in preschool yeah. still yours is in kindergarten maybe or, or like first grade yeah yeah um so let's just start with a little brief moment whoa whoa it's just got very transcendent. I was like, let's get chill. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> um, yeah, let's just take a moment to ground ourselves in uh, in time and place. Oh, I need that. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, so just, just notice where you're at right now. Notice your breath and your body. what your mind is up to. How it feels to be sitting or standing or walking or crawling. I, don't, I, I really don't know what you do in the morning. So. <laughs> um, curled up in the fetal position, lying in bed, uh, wh- wherever you're at, just notice what that feels like. And how it is to hear these voices in your ears, this music in your ears, the confluence of all the sensations around you and inside of you. focus here being feeling into your experience rather than evaluating or creating a narrative building stories oh, it's, hard. it's so hard it's really it's like and it, it's a really yeah it's just a constant practice of coming back <clears throat> to just pure sensation over and over so we're gonna do that for the next like 30 seconds and then listen to uh another song that marks that special number 100 thanks for tuning in today
I believe in you and in our hearts we know the truth and I believe in love and the darker it gets the more I do try to fill us with your hate and we will shine a light and the days will become endless and never and never turn to night and never and never turn to night I cannot get you close enough A hundred arms, a hundred years You can always find me here And Lord, don't let me break this Let me hold it lightly Give me arms to pray with Instead of ones that hold too tightly We have no need to fight We raise our voices And let our hearts Get higher than those planes can fly Where the stars do not take sight And it's just too much I cannot get you close enough A hundred arms, a hundred years You can always find me here And Lord, don't let me break this Let me hold it lightly Give me arms to pray with Instead of ones that hold too tightly And then it's just too much
You are listening to Radical Advice on BFF.fm. Right here, right now, 100th broadcast. Oh, that made me think of that Van Halen song. Oh, which? Right here. It's like a weird Coke commercial, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like somebody even like opens a can of Coke during that video. When I say right here, right now, I think of that other song. Right here, right now, watching the world. Is that not the same song? That's not Van Halen. No, who is that? I don't know. Hmm. Well, what what you just heard <laughs> was neither of those. Was neither of those things. Yeah, that was a uh, that was actually uh, Florence and the Machine with One Hundred Years. And I, I was just telling you during the break, I never really got, I I never got into Florence and the Machine. I never really tried. Like I liked, it, like I've I've heard a song or two, but um, I found that last night and. It just felt right, man. Yeah. Florence has a big mood. Yeah. Uh, and I appreciate that about her. I have to like yeah. be in the mood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when I'm in a big mood, like she's, you like, t- you crank that shit up. Well, and I love, um, I love songs that are like really long and epic and have a lot of different parts and like, get, you know, get kind of quiet and then suddenly get loud again and bring you through all these emotional places. And this definitely does that and also the the words um 100 arms 100 years like i I, yeah. I don't know all the words but what it was of course i was just like kind of in a surface way like what's what's some songs about the number 100 yeah. somehow but but as i'm listening to it it feels very um big in terms of of something like like uh cultural and like political struggle mm-hmm. and and it feels personal at the same time like yeah uh, yeah, and I so I just finished watching the show years and years, which I, just, I haven't heard of it. Oh, so it first aired in the UK. It's it's then they put it out on HBO here. So and it's six episodes. It's a six episode like mini series kind of mm-hmm. thing. It's just like a one time deal, and it's basically what if right now except this still keeps going on oh and so it's very it's very real and okay. close to home in that sense Oof. and like and it's just a few years ahead but then it, it kind of spans like a family over like 10 years wow. there in the uk and like it's really hard it's really hard it's yeah. hard to watch because it's so real and kind of showing the the inevitable next steps of things that are going on now that are really difficult and painful I don't know if I could watch that. Yeah, a lot of people feel that way. Yeah, my, my maximum <laughs> amount of stress is like British gardening shows. Yeah, I, well, I also, I binged on that last week. Yeah. yeah. So Shout I, out to our homeboy, Monty Don. Oh, yeah, so I get the Monty Don thing now. <laughs> um, I, I, did, I was watching the show while doing a Bob Ross jigsaw puzzle. That sounds so relaxing. It was, it was just the minimum yeah. amount of necessary yeah. self-care. Yeah, So. Maximum yeah. amount, of, amount of stress. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like the thing where you're like, this isn't doing that much, but it's I think it's preventing something. me from being worse. Yeah. You know? Sometimes it's all you can do. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> what will prevent me yeah. from being worse? Yeah. It's not making me happy. Yeah. It's not making me not miserable. I'm just doing yeah. this because it's the only thing I can do right now. And I'm really glad I did. And I'm really sad that I'm out of episodes of Big Dreams, Small Spaces. I am just doling those out like sweet, sweet candy. Oh, God. I watched them all in like three days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But but, uh, years and years, uh, yeah, somehow this song tied into all of that for me. And the the show is just so tied into, 
and how I'm feeling about the show right now is really tied into um, all of this stuff too and what this show is about. And um, right now I'm reflecting on, I've been doing this show here for two years, wow. a little over two years, uh, 100 broadcasts today. That's big. Yeah. 100 of anything. 100 of anything. I know. It's big. I know. In a world that does not make it easy to like show up exactly be consistent make things exactly yeah like who are, who are we even talking to yeah we don't know and and uh we've had this current administration for about two and a half years uh, yeah you said that to me and that, that was painful yeah. so yeah realize yeah and the show was created yeah. in, in response to that in a lot of ways and uh yeah i think i think what and and we were talking about this on Friday and you volunteered to come on the show to help me because I, I think, <clears throat> you know, I, I'm having a hard time. I was having a really hard time knowing what the hell to do with this episode. Yeah. Because I'm not feeling great. <laughs> uh, some of it's personal, but, you know, it's also it's like the wear and tear of the last two and a half years. Well, is and it's like, all connected, you know, yeah. like everything bleeds into everything else. Exactly. So it's and really I, hard I always, to compartmentalize. I always say that at the top of the show. I actually didn't today that this is an advice show. If you've never yeah. listened before, oh, yeah. though, we won't be doing any uh, listener questions uh, today. It's a uh, yeah, it's a um I really want to just sometimes I just want to come on your show and like have it be therapy. Like I just want to like I mean me loud, too talk out loud and be like I have so many questions. Can 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 it be like can it go both ways? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, we'll take then. turns like lying down on this these creaky chairs. I, yeah. I, there's not a great spot to lie down, <laughs> but I, the floor. I've I seen don't the know. cheetos lie on this floor before. I would cheetos. do it. I'm not yeah. too picky about what floors I lie on. Okay. I really like to be like in Horizontal. a lying down position. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Great. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it's like it's like yeah, the wear and tear of the last two and a half years, and coming into this, like I really want to, I want to be able to um, use this show as a, a as as a part of resisting, mm-hmm. yeah. as a part of of helping other people also resist and take care of themselves while also staying engaged and not you know numbing out and shutting down and. It's kind of like I was saying about watching Monty Don and doing that puzzle. I don't know if it's helped. I know it hasn't made things worse. <laughs> right. And the truth is, like, we may not know if the things that we make, we may not know their impact for a very long time. Totally. And I always have to remind myself of that. Uh, and then I always try to look back at people like uh, like Herman Melville wrote Moby Dick and died in poverty and nobody read the book for like 100 years. And now it's like... <laughs> one of the great American novels. Right. And I'm like, would I be content? I haven't that? read it, to be honest. It's okay, you know. But my, my larger <laughs> point is like, we just never know. You no, never totally. know if the thing that you make or do yeah. or create, who it impacts in real time and who it impacts in the future. And a lot of this this impact, if it's there, is kind of invisible, though occasionally I hear from some of you. Aww. And I love to hear from listeners. Uh, yeah, I, I would like, I would like more of that, honestly, yeah. <laughs> because it keeps me going. Um, so that's my selfish need here. Uh, nothing wrong with that. Um, but yeah, when I hear, even just when someone submits a listener question, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, someone wants wants to engage, and yeah. this this can be a beneficial space. Or when someone 
has sent in a question and we talk about it on the show and then they respond they kind of follow up like yeah. they heard they heard they heard the discussion and they follow up with uh you know their reactions to the advice or maybe they took some of the advice and how that went that is so fun for me and affirming yeah. and exciting do you find as a therapist with like a bird's eye view i imagine that there are so many universal issues that people feel like no i'm the only one and there's something so reassuring to be like, actually, we're all kind of like fucked up in the same way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're all like worried about the same dumb stuff that we think nobody else is worried about. Completely. Um, yeah. And I think that that must, I don't know, that, that always makes me feel better. It makes me feel better too, as much as like I, I want to be unique. And I actually don't want to be that I don't really want to be unique in my problems. Like exactly, because that's super alienating. It's really alienating. And and there's, it, yeah. But there's something so great about like a show like this where like I imagine a lot of the ad- uh, questions you get and the advice you give is like is relatable and universal and people can hear and they're like, oh yeah, I get this. Um, did you ever read Ask Polly? No. She writes for the cut. She's like, I don't know if she's like a real therapist, but she's it's an, it's an advice column. Okay. But every single one no matter the person's life circumstances, I'm like, oh my God, yes. Yeah. I so relate to this. Well, and that's the thing about empathy too, is that we don't have to have the specifics yeah. down to, to to relate to the feelings. Yeah. You know, and to, under, to understand um, what it might be like to be in that situation because it's we've... true. Because we've felt similar things. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, so I think, uh, yeah, the big, the big thing here today is just talking about that and that, and, you know, you were telling me on Friday when I was like, I don't know what to do for the hundredth broadcast. And I have all these feelings and I'm just feeling really insecure. And and you're like, that's the story. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) I will always be that friend when you're like, but I want to have fun and I want to like party. And I'm like, there seems like there's something else going on yeah. and that's the story. It's not that I want to have fun and I want to party. It's that yeah. I think that I'm supposed to. But and I think, that, yeah, I think that, we need to get over that. Yeah. Because I, th- I just, I believe as I get older that like the vulnerable shit is the relatable shit. You know, mm. like I'm always, especially in this era of like social media and everyone living their like exotic best breakfasts online (laughs) you know i'm like no i want to see your shitty bagel and i want to see that like you feel vulnerable about making a thing should i get back on instagram so i can just post shitty bagels shitty i mean i'm not gonna i'm not gonna eat a shitty bagel so i'll probably still eat a shitty bagel i mean well no there's there's a big range of what that means i will not eat like a grocery store thomas's bagel I probably would. I, I can't. <laughs> but, but I could just post pictures of you my could. like boring like cereal. Yeah. Or something. I, you know, ran a like brief experiment for a year and it was really just for me where I was doing this weekly uh, comic series called Draw Your Days. Oh, yeah, yeah. I have a friend who did like Monday doodles. Yeah. <laughs> and I and I it was very liberating because I don't consider myself like a visual artist. So and it was actually it was born of the fact that like I couldn't do the like morning pages writerly stuff. It just mm-hmm. like made me two in my head. And so I would I but I was like, I wanted I need a narrative of my life. And it made me like really focus on different things if I drew it. And it we and I'm and they were really vulnerable. 
Yeah. Like I drew like bad dates. I drew, you know, and it like gained a small but very loyal following. And people would write to me and they were like, it's so refreshing to see someone put like vulnerable stuff on the internet you yeah. know or like on instagram yeah and not you know and not just vulnerable in the stories but like vulnerable not like it was shitty art <laughs> like it wasn't even good <laughs> they're like you're so brave i do stick figures <laughs> like that's the that's, extent of my i but love I, that but you know but i but it showed me i'm like oh i think people are secretly hungry i know i am to know like everyone else's like weird vulnerabilities and yes yeah. and like insecurities yeah, and I, I think there's been a huge movement towards that. And it's and it's interesting, like, knowing that and knowing that most of the art that I put in the world and things that I create yeah. and do are about that, and I still get bogged down in these It's true. Fears. But I also, I don't think we talk enough about, like, uh, the failures and the insecurities of like making a thing yeah you know like yeah. there's a lot of failure like we see we see usually just see the successes we see like the things that get published the movies yeah. that get made um and people don't talk about people rarely talk like someone i know recently published a book and she did like an author roundtable and she was like just you know it took me eight years to write this book and it was rejected 20 times and i'm like thank you for fucking saying that because yeah a lot of people don't yeah. and then we feel really crappy about ourselves being like well everyone else is Mm-hmm. doing stuff and they're good and in yeah. reality like any most artistic practices or most creative projects like take a while well and that ties into the fact that like I know for me I might have more jealousy and com- comparing and stuff come up if, if I only am really connected to somebody on social media but if I am close to them I know that it's not just like they just did a thing and it was easy. Yeah, yeah. And so when they do have successes, I I am pretty unlikely to be very I might I might have some envy, but I'm most likely to be just happy for them. Yeah. Because I know I know that yeah. they struggled through it yeah. and to get there. And I'm so proud and excited and just like Wow, you got there. And even like watching you and Helen go mm-hmm. through the book publishing process, um, I, I I was really, ha- I'm happy for oh, you. Okay. I'm really happy for you. Your your book has like gone into reprint like several times and it's o- <laughs> it only came out like six months ago. Yeah. And yet, or not even six months ago. And yet, like, I know that even that isn't just celebratory for you too that a lot of anxieties and all kinds of other things came up oh man so much yeah Yeah. and like like oh my cool friends with a published book who are like you know oh you're doing a book event in minneapolis next week like yeah i could look at it that way but i know it doesn't feel that way i can tell you every single neuroses that (laughs) popped up along the way for all of those things and there are, are many in there they continue to yeah to like pop up. even after the book is out yeah. and it's doing well yeah you're not you're not just in this clean this like clean pure place of, no of, no you it's just a glory. whole new it's a whole new can of worms but i mean you and i have talked before about like grappling with the notion of like an audience mm-hmm. and like and like in this era of like likes and listens and clicks and and how it's so easy to sort of like measure your like the worth of something by that. Yeah. Um, and how do you how do you like navigate? I get really and I am a big fan of 
of like Helen's work for this reason. And it was so great to make a book with her because she's like a real true, like quote artist Mm -hmm. in the sense that like she does it for herself. Yeah. First and foremost. And if other people pay attention to it, great. If they don't, she actually, I think could care less. Yeah. And I, so not there. (laughs) I mean, neither am I, but like it's, it's, but I'm like, oh, it's good for me to be around this. Yeah. You know? And I, I like talking to her about it. I try to like channel my, healthy enneagram too would like the helper of like well okay if if this thing that i made helps one person that's worth the price of admission that's yeah. worth like the pain you know if yeah. like one person's life is ripple affected by this right and i was able to help that have like that when i frame it that way and so like yeah maybe a frame for you could be like i made this thing that's like nothing nobody else has made yeah which is true there is no other radical advice out there, you know, and <laughs> no and like, advice as radical as this. Well, but like you made something that's very it's, you know, it's your it's your child in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Right. And you mm-hmm. put a lot into it. And I think yeah. like if you measure your your worth by that. Right. That like, well, this is like a thing like nobody else has done. Yeah. Right. And it's yeah. a thing that has gained like a loyal following. Yeah, it's small and it's but it's it's for the people that I do know about yeah. who who listen loyally. And I always say like for yeah. things I'm like and like even like with my book I'm like it's for the people it's for. Yeah. And it's totally. not for the people it's not for. Speaking of which this book might be for you. Oh. It's uh, the astrological grimoire. Oh, I was like oh, you're talking <laughs> to me. I was like a book for me. No. No, you the listener. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> it's, it's wonderful. Um yeah, the you know, for instance, I'm thinking I, I really want to shout out uh, Brie, who has been a loyal fan from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And um, love a loyal fan. I am just so, so grateful to Aww. you. I, she sent me a gift for the hundredth. Thanks, Brie. It's just like, yeah, it's really the best. It's meant a lot to me. And Brie, yeah. Brie, you know, many weeks lets me know how the show impacted her. And like, it, yeah. it just, it, it's like, there doesn't need to be a thousand people like that. There doesn't. But I also want to say, and I really am trying to practice this more because I appreciate it when people do it for me. But like when people do make something or create something that does impact me in a way, like let the, let that person know. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think we just as, like, as, like you said, like we assume, oh, like life is so great. Published a book, yeah. whatever. Yeah. But like, oh, she probably doesn't care. Oh, she probably yeah. has like a million. But fans. I try to really, <laughs> I try to really tell people when they create something that affects me, like, 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 hey, just that affected me, or yeah. like, thank you, or right. you know, I see you and I see what you're doing, and it doesn't mean a lot. Yeah. More, even if somebody's like mega famous, you'd be surprised. Like it still means a lot. It's lonely in this studio. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, uh, yeah, I want to take a song break and then come back and uh, play a little clip for to, dis- yeah. to discuss okay. for discussion. Yes. Um, so this is another song I found uh, last night by this band. Um, I'm going to pronounce it Anima. Okay. But it could be Anima. It depends. This is the name of a Tool album. That's probably That's not true. Yeah. No, it's not Tool. And it's also the name of a Tom York album just, that just came out a couple weeks ago. I'm going to confess to you, my therapist, that I love Tool. Oh, I'm I, a big Tool fan. I was. Yeah. I was obsessed with Tool in high school. Yeah. They were so good. 
I haven't listened in a long time because they're not on any of the streaming. Yeah, things. which I well, well, sidebar. I'll tell you off air how the singer opened like a winery and he like checked out. Yeah, there's also some <laughs> other there's some other situations about him mm. that. Yeah, Ooh. I'm not sure he's yeah. great. Um, we'll do a spinoff show. Yeah, we'll do what, a what spinoff about, 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 about Maynard Keenan Thompson. <laughs> Um, but this this is a band, uh, Anima. It's all caps with an exclamation point. Oh. So Anima! Um, and they are, uh, um, yeah, I hadn't really listened to them. I hadn't listened to them before I heard of them, but they're they're really great. And it's two people. One's from South Africa, one from California. And this is a newer EP uh, called Grow Your Garden. And this song is called 100 Pieces. Nice. Yeah. So uh, you're, you are listening to the 100th broadcast of Radical Advice on BFF.FM. Keep listening. Yeah. Pull up the dirt, making a bed for the You, you grew 
listening to radical advice. Are you laughing at me? I'm laughing at me. (laughs) I'm laughing at me. Let's all just laugh at ourselves. This is radical advice on BFF.fm. That was 100 pieces by from their album grow your garden like we're now on like a japanese radio show oh i know (laughs) we really need the soundboard situation set up i really i think in our in the new year of our show we're gonna get a soundboard yeah i love sound effects yeah just a lot of air horn (sighs) all right so what i wanted to do was play a uh, clip from the very first ever Radical Advice. Oh, man. I'm excited to hear And this. it's just the opening, the yeah. intro. Still, you're going to... So, so much has happened. Yeah, so this is... I, I'm just going to play it. Okay. And then we can discuss. All right, it's just two minutes. Hello, hello. <laughs> Welcome to Radical Advice. I'm Lily Sloan. This is our very first inaugural, premiere, primordial episode of the show. And this show is all about self-care and growth in the face of larger societal issues that we're facing, like a Trump presidency, police shootings, the fight for human rights of all kinds, and environmental doom. So the big question I want to explore each week is how do I take better care of myself, my family, my community, my world, in the face of all of this? How do all those everyday life questions connect to these bigger themes? So just a little bit about me. I'm a psychotherapist in San Francisco and also the host and creator of the podcast, A Therapist Walks Into a Bar. And if you haven't heard of it, it's Definitely something you should check out at atherapistwalksintoabar.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And you'll really get the sense that I'm all about making concepts we learn in therapy really accessible and down to earth. So here's how this show is going to work. In a minute, I'm going to introduce a special guest who we'll learn all about. And this special guest is going to help me answer some listener questions with other discussion and musical breaks in between because we love music. And we want you to participate. So tweet at us at radical underscore advice during the show. And if you have any life questions you want to address at a future date, you can submit anonymously at radicaladviceshow.com. Okay, so enough of that. My first guest is... All right, so... That that was the very first one. First thing to, to mention is that I had a cold on my first day. So, oh, well, yeah, I couldn't have never been able to tell. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. My voice was a little funny. Um, maybe I always sound like I have a cold. I'm a little raspy. I'm a, I'm a little sultry. Yeah, you got a sexy voice. I've got a, yeah, colds are sexy. Helen and I have been told we have ASMR voices. Oh, you do? Yeah, yeah. You two also speak very quietly into the mic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just have like a little, a little graveliness. Yeah, but um, the thing the thing about it that struck me the most. Well, first of all, I I don't script the intros very often anymore, Mm -hmm. and in the beginning I did, so it's very like I didn't say like and um as much, (laughs) and it was very clear and direct and like very radio announcery in a way, and so that was different. But also, I just noticed how much more energy. I had <laughs> <Didn't> we all <laughs> like man 2017 
I had, I could just hear in that a lot more energy around the fight. Yeah. I think. And like the like, okay, I'm doing something. Yep. And yeah, it made me really sad to hear that and know how I feel right now. Yeah. And it made me feel a little like, oh. Have I really let things go? You know, like let I could, I could, what like I couldn't hold that level of well, like. Who can? Yeah, nobody, and especially like given the background climate of of the country well, exactly and we live in. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think that's what's what spe- like specifically yeah. has worn me down, and specifically around you know. I I think how I've been with the show has been reflective of these waves of, uh, like, yeah, you know, like like I think that I talked a lot more about activism on this show earlier on. Okay, well, and another way to frame it too is like, you may not be as bright-eyed and bushy-tailed as, as episode day as day one and full of. That's true. But, and I might but, have been but, like trying to prove myself. Right, to but a, like, but what you, station? But the show has deepened into something that's like deep and exploratory and rich you know and and you found its path yeah and that's the best well i hope for the people who still listen that you know i haven't brought you down (laughs) that's my anxiety with all of this is like not not just with the show but in general like being so worn down by all of it yeah is it is it is it that benefit of us all being vulnerable together and being real or is it bringing people down? And like it, I think it's both because people are in different places with coping at different times too and need different things. Yeah. And so there are probably people who need something more hopeful or more active in a particular way. And some people who need to hear someone say like, yeah, man, this is hard. For sure. Which is kind of what, I've needed yeah. for a while. I agree. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah, it's just it's such a it's such a weird thing. Like, you know, it's only two years ago, but it's just so to weird. But we but also like I feel like time spins itself differently in different yeah. eras. Totally. And I feel like we collectively are living in a time of what feels like I know in my lifetime maybe the biggest crisis. Yes. Uh, and I feel like time swims very differently. Yeah, um, because of that. Well, and it's 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 a it's exhausting. It's a crisis of chaos. Yeah. Too. So it's it's not just like not just it's not a crisis that's uh, a really bad thing happened and we're all trying to wrap our minds around it and recover. It's 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 just chaos. Well, and also I think we know deep down like. Even were I don't know Trump to leave the White House tomorrow, like there's fucking generations of of work left to be done. You know, like this is yeah, all this yeah. is done is unlock like some of America's like grossest, darkest, right. most awful versions of itself. Yeah, and, and that's not gonna disappear right. with Donald Trump. No, um, no. I mean, and so there's yeah. so to me there's something like daunting and overwhelming and exhausting about that notion but i'm a, also a big believer and like just being a needle pusher and i'm like well even if in my lifetime like by the things that i do and don't do yeah i'm able to like nudge humanity <laughs> yes <laughs> like one little 
tiny infinitesimal notch on the dial. <sighs> like just that's little, that's little, good enough. Yeah. That's all you know. I'd Absolutely. rather just I'd rather do that than be complacent. Right. Yeah, and, and and you're right. I mean, it's a combo of both all the stuff that was there already mm-hmm. that has kind of been unlocked and where some of us are more aware of than we were before. Stuff that was, the needle was moving in the right direction, but maybe not quickly enough or some things were like pretty bad and deceptively looked better than they were. You know, <laughs> Joe Biden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there you go. Good old Uncle Joe. Well, but like, I really yeah. have been thinking about that where I'm like, man, like, Two years ago, we'd have been like, hell yeah, Joe Biden, you should run, you know, like, mm. and I'm like, oh, my God, get that man nowhere near the White House. Yeah. And I, I mean, <laughs> I'm at the point now where I'm just like, even if you're seem like a decent man, like, meh. Yeah. Like, maybe I'd prefer someone else. Well, so it's it's <laughs> fascinating to me, like, how much I have, like, radically changed in the last Same. two years. Yeah. Uh, in that regard. Like, yeah. I think I used to be far more under the spell of, like, Obama same like yeah gratitude liberalism oh yeah everything's getting better yeah and and even though like i'm horrified on like an hourly basis i'm like well maybe this was like the mask that i needed ripped off yeah yeah and then and then there's just it's like these things are going to happen whether we need them or want them or not but how then how do we how do we get through were you um were you like did you have a lot of like therapy clients around the time of the election yeah was that like did you notice on like on mass how that affected people i was really i was in therapy at the time and Mm -hmm. i just remember being like coming in being like blah you know and i and i imagine like i was like god i wonder if there's like some some therapist back channel right now that's like dude is everybody's like patients well the thing is is that that also were people so we were all fucked up too oh man and so it's like who's holding this all together like so i was (laughs) i was traveling i was in japan during the election okay and i got back and i was so so worried about my sessions just like i'm not okay like i'm falling apart constantly like how like how are we gonna do this (laughs) how are we gonna do this and the way and I'm getting very emotional even thinking about it now. But like the way, and it's been the way since while other things have happened mm-hmm. too, it came up a lot around the Kavanaugh hearings oh, yeah, in particular, is that my clients know how I was feeling too. Mm-hmm. And I sometimes cried with them. Yeah. Wow. And like, you know, not, not like in a, um, it was still about them. It was yeah. still focused on them, but it was like, probably the best thing I could do well first of all the worst thing I could do I think is make it about them sure like make it about them in terms of like yeah uh you know act like what's happening isn't also happening to everyone (laughs) and to me I think that would have been a mistake and it's a mistake that's been made uh many times in the history of psychotherapy interesting of making things too much about people's reactions and feelings too much about the individual and not really taking the collective into account and collective trauma and all of that 
And I think that for me, I did I did what would have been comforting for me too, which was I wasn't going to act like I was okay and had it figured out. I was going to be I was going to be there with them. Yeah. And acknowledge that this is really, really hard. And we're going we're all going through this in this like collective community kind of way. Mm -hmm. And also, I did that because that's the only thing I could do. I was not capable of doing anything else. And I think it I think it was the right thing. Yeah. For my clients. That's interesting. My therapist at the time, she's was she's like in her seventies. Yeah. And I don't know that her response was super reassuring. She was like, <laughs> I'm old. I've seen all this before. It's just a cycle. And I was like, uh but I am not mm. that old. I mean, I'm yeah. kind of old, but I was like, I'm not that old. And the, oh, yeah. I've never, this is terrible. And you know what? I don't think that. It's she was the, a great therapist. No, no, I'm sure, just... I'm sure she is. But also I think that that's, <laughs> that is a, also a boomer perspective that's come yeah, up. That, like, yeah, that's probably true. Has also changed. Like yeah. I've noticed over the course of this thing, more and more people who are older being like, no, this actually is kind of worse than anything I remember happening. I really, and that's a, I have like a burning question. That's like a question I ask everybody's yeah. older. I'm like, does this, I was like, does every generation feel like they lived in like the most fucked up time? Mm-hmm. Like, is well, that ever- and it's, it's complicated because I was having that feeling just in a personal way last yeah. week where I was like, this is the hardest time of my life. Oh. And I don't know if that's because it really is or because it feels like it because it I'm in it right now. Sure. And maybe that's just too hard to make that comparison because yeah. I've had other hard times. Yeah. But when there is like a back current of like <laughs> or background noise of like living in a, a time that feels really fraught and yeah and unstable that, that like it's like you don't even you don't realize the soft cushion is gone until it's yeah. like oh right there's no like just soft place to like rest my head for a minute and interestingly the other hardest time of my life that i compare it to Mm -hmm. was right after like september 11th and the iraq war was going on and i I went away to college and that was all i was real fucked up then yeah (laughs) i mean i was i was not i was not feeling well uh, it was hard. And I think that all all of that mm-hmm. was playing a role. But it was personal and political and yeah. all of it. Um, yeah. So that all being said, I don't remember what other point I was going to make. Well, I it's just heading in the direction of like the, oh, the thing, the f- form you had listeners fill yes, out about yes. like we're getting okay. close to that right. and pretty soon we're gonna actually wrap up with you because you yes. also have a lunch to go to I do. and but i want to keep talking for i know ever. i know that i do too if you can get if you can <laughs> guess what the answers i filled out you can say that they're for me okay <laughs> I feel like i'll just say really they're honest. all from you even though they're not yeah <laughs> um so what I had done, if, if you're listening and you didn't see this on the social medias, um, I, I sent out a, a survey this weekend asking all of you some of the questions that I ask some of my guests just about how you're doing yeah. <laughs> and, and how and, you know, and how therapy comes comes into your your life right now or has in the past, um, how you're coping uh you know, with what's going on politically. And 
I'm really excited to read some of these answers out loud. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to read all of them. I'm, I was actually, because I was having all these insecurities about, oh, what's the point? No one cares. I was like, no one's going to answer these. And I got so many answers. Yeah. I, and very thoughtful answers. I'm excited to hear that. And I'm really grateful to you for answering them. Yeah. Some other friends I, I know specifically did and put thought into it. And it really yeah. meant, means a lot so to me. This show is so beneficial, I think, for so many people. And it was actually really great to just like reflect on those questions and what I, uh, one of them was remind me of the ones that were like about specifically therapy. Oh yeah. So I, well, I asked if, if, if you've been in therapy or, uh-huh. or, or are in therapy, how has it impacted your life? Yeah. And then I also asked what about the process do you know now that you, you kind of oh, wish you'd known when yeah. you started or Can what I say been? what my, yeah, my word say it. before I go, uh, I, went to therapy for probably four years I'm a fundamentally different person than I am now if I had not gone it like shut I like shudder to think of the person did I, you you wrote it saved my life was that I don't or no, know no, somebody wrote it saved my life like in the sense that I would have been totally I would have been a really different, different person yeah. I would have I think yeah it like scares me a little um <laughs> and uh it untangled a lot of knots and not that the knots are done being untangled, <laughs> but I, it's reassuring to me, even though I left therapy for co- like a couple of reasons, it's reassuring to me to know that like it is there should I need it. And somebody made a really good point to me the other day. They're like, you don't have to just go to therapy when things are bad. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, that's a good point. Um, you should go when things are good. Um, Charlie's yeah. also really good couples therapy advice. Like uh, don't wait until. Oh God, yeah shit is like falling apart yeah. to go to couples therapy like, like i understand like a little, why, a little underst- tune-up just yeah like maintenance on the car you know? i understand why people do wait but it, it is um yeah i myself have done that but it, but it is uh it really means a lot to just be doing yeah. this exploration not because something's wrong but because there's yeah. always there's always a self to be understanding it's true but what i wish what i didn't know that i know now that's the second part of the question, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And I gave this advice to somebody recently who just started therapy for the first time and comes from like a culture and a background where that's like not a thing you even contemplate. Yeah. Um, and she's also somebody who will tell you like, she's like, I've always looked for the shortcut out of like pain. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so she's like, I just, she's like, I'm on the steep learning curve of like, I, I keep like putting off the pain and putting off the pain because I don't, I want the like short term reward. Um, and so she's now like in the sort of thick miasma of mm-hmm. like, ah, I pulled out a knot and five more knots came with it. <laughs> and like, which not? Uh, and I said to her, I was like, look, here's the thing I learned about therapy. It's very, it's never a quick fix. Uh, it's, there's usually like a retrograde and some backward sliding um, and realizing that like nothing changes overnight I was like but the cumulative effects of it for me and that I didn't even really see until I left therapy are like astounding to me to this day mm. it's like I'm still like fundamentally like the person I've always been in a lot of ways like I have the same triggers I have the same like neuroses but my ability to like wade through them or my ability to like also sit with shitty stuff is much much better right you know because i was like i was like you're gonna have a lot of weeks in therapy where you're just like this sucks yeah and i don't want to think about this yep and i don't want to confront this yep 
um i went to give the analogy i was like i was like sometimes i felt like it was like a giant boulder sitting in front of me and i would slowly like chip away this boulder and then the minute i turned my back it would like grow back over (laughs) it's like that was therapy for a very long time it's like oh this fucking boulder again but it's the best thing i ever did um and i think and i think people should seek it out before before things really like fall apart (laughs) yeah yeah you know um i hope they do yeah so but i think your show has been a beacon for that for people and for people to feel less alone you know like when you dole out your radical advice (laughs) Um, you know we're all just floating around out here being like am i the only one who feels this way Um, yeah same i I mean i am too yeah so i yeah i hope it does that for people also shout out to my former therapist who have you ever seen the the movie i heard huckabees yeah she was like the lily tomlin existential (laughs) detective of my life she listened to my radio show she, if she could have like gone through my trash can, she would have like she, <laughs> like she would goog like Googled the like kind of famous guy I was dating for a while, oh, like yeah, armchair yeah, yeah. diagnosed him, yeah. which was actually very helpful, he, uh, very not ethical, and also can be very oh, helpful. Great. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, um, but she was yeah, so wonderful. wonderful. She was great, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, she she definitely saved me in a lot of ways. I'm just really glad to hear how much you feel like you've benefited and and I'm just really grateful to you for coming on and doing the first half with me it feels very supportive and uh I feel less alone I mean I'm literally less alone in this room having you here but but just knowing that you know that the validation of like oh this is something that will be interesting for me to come in and talk about yeah yeah Yeah. means a lot so I am going to uh, play a song to transition into the next part of the show. And we're going to say goodbye to you. Yes. I mean, you, you can stay and hang out, but say, you know, goodbye to, to you for this section mm-hmm. that we've been doing together. And um, people should definitely listen to the Astral Projection Radio Hour yeah. on Tuesdays from 4 to 6. We're yeah. off tomorrow, but it'll be back next Today. Week today yeah. it's tuesday it is tuesday Whoa. <laughs> um yeah you'll be you'll be back oh you'll be back in august no right? no yeah well not ne- no next tuesday the oh. 30th i think i'll be here oh okay. i'll have a special guest host great uh as she wolf is off howling with her pack for the next two weeks. that's true yeah and um people should uh also look up the astrological grimoire and mm. buy your copy Send it, of, send it into its like there's 30th a lot of like printing. secret therapy tools a, it's there. very therapeutic yeah. yeah whether you whether you're into astrology or not you can yeah. just use it as a tool it's not even really I mean, self-reflection spoiler it's not even really about astrology yeah <laughs> i mean is, is astrology even really about astrology no, no it's not <laughs> thank you so much for being thank here you. and uh thanks thanks uh to you for listening um stay listening there's a lot of great stuff coming up and for right now we are going to listen to uh, a song called Fem, F-A-N-M, uh, by Bocante, uh, or- and Metropole Orchestra, and Jules Buck. Um, you're listening to Radical Advice on BFF.FM. Keep listening. <laughs> Femme qui tracheur, femme qui désert, femme qui te joute, 
listening to Radical Advice on BFF.FM, Best Frequencies Forever. I am Lily Sloan. Song you just heard was Fem, F, spelled F-A-N-M, uh, by Bocante, Metropole Orchestra, and Jules Buck. Um, today is the uh, 100th broadcast of this show, and so doing stuff a little bit differently. In the first hour, I had uh, Astral Projection Radio Hour's Beatrix Gravesguard join me to uh, help me talk through you know, what it's been, what it's been like doing this show for the last couple of years and, uh, you know, what, what the show is about. Is it still about what I wanted it to be about? Is it serving, is it serving a need? And, uh, now that Beatrix has left, I am going to dive into, uh, reading some of the answers and discussing some of the answers that you all submitted to me for a survey I'd sent out the other day asking questions that I often ask my guests. Uh, but before I dive into that, I just I just want to remind you, BFF.FM is a nonprofit community radio organization that is supported by people like you, and uh, we can use all the help we can get to, to keep uh, doing the amazing programming that we do and uh, supporting local local music scene, putting on amazing shows, and you can help support all of that by going to bff.fm slash donate. And you can become a monthly contributor, which means you're a bestie and you get a cool pin and you get access to, to early offers on uh, free tickets to things. You get uh, into our besties bash for free and you get to know that you are supporting a really important arts organization in San Francisco. Uh, and you can make a one-time donation of any amount that works for you. So uh, thanks so much for, for listening and supporting. Uh, I'm just, I'm so grateful to be here. It's it's had a major impact on my life and being able to do this show and share it with all of you uh, has meant so, so much to me. So uh, this past weekend, after... Some deliberation the past months, uh, knowing that this would be the 100th broadcast. I panicked because I still didn't know what to do. I had a lot of conversations with friends, and I decided to ask some of you the same questions. I like to ask my guests. And you really delivered. So I'm excited to spend the rest of the show sharing what you all said. I think that as, as Beatrix Gravesguard and I discussed in the first half of the show, that we all benefit from knowing that we're not alone. So the first thing I asked was how the political atmosphere of the last two and a half years has been affecting you emotionally. And many of you expressed apathy, numbness, anger, increased anxiety, depression, despair, bad dreams. These are all very understandable reactions. I think I'm, I have all of them. And kind of in rotation some simultaneously so here's here's a few specific answers though one person says at first I was angry and frustrated now it's mostly grief and disappointment buoyed by a faith in our collective resiliency I'm tired but hopeful another one a lot of exhaustion all the time but 
Also the realization that I was protected from this exhaustion before because of the privileges I hold, citizenship, whiteness, middle class, etc. Someone else says, I'm torn between being outraged by everything and phased by nothing. Incredulous, but not surprised by anything anymore. It's really tiring, but also I'm really, really afraid. It's been exhausting and it's left me less expressive. When it started, I was activated, energetic, reflexive outrage whenever prompted, but it happened so much all of the time that I could feel it hurting me. With outrageous developments here and also back home in the UK, it was too much and merely being outraged didn't feel effective. So I naturally started to withdraw, still follow, but not feel obligated to participate. But I think the withdrawal, that distance from what's happening, it's affected how I engage with everything around me, people and work, not just the politics. It's numbing. And my favorite, my favorite answer it certainly is a stressful time. No doubt. So, yeah, I mean, all like the, like that intensity of the the numbing, the withdrawing, the the anger, the the outrage, the exhaustion. It's so exhausting. We're we're exhausted. <laughs> so, I guess it makes sense that I am too. It's a lot for us all to process and it's more it's more than we really can. And it's easy to slip further away from ourselves, from each other. So there's a million good reasons to go numb and a million ways to go numb. And I think most of us have a pretty good sense of how we'd like to be taking care of ourselves and each other. Sometimes we manage to do it pretty okay. And other times it slips away from us and we're, we're doing the best we can. And maybe that doesn't mean much, but I have to believe that I'm doing the best I can in the moment, even if I would like to do better. So before we talk about coping, let's listen to some music, which is one of my big coping strategies. This set is three deeply impactful songs about feeling the pain, fear, the numbness, that desire to take action, love and hope all wrapped up together. And I'll open it up with Kate Tempest's People's Faces from her latest album, The Book of Traps and Lessons. You're listening to Radical Advice on BFF.fm. I hope you'll keep listening because it'll get it'll get easier as we go. It's coming to pass. My country's coming apart. The whole thing's becoming such a bumbling farce. Was that a pivotal historical moment we just went stumbling past? Well, here we are, dancing in the rumbling dark. So come a little closer, give me something to grasp. Give me your beautiful, crumbling heart. Another disaster, catharsis. Another half-discarded mirage, another mask slips. I face off with the physical. My head's ringing from the love of the stars. There is too much pretense here. And too much depends on the fragile wages and extortionate rents here. We're working every dread day that is given us. Feeling like the person people meet really isn't us. Like we're gonna buckle underneath the trouble. Like any minute now the struggle's gonna finish us. 
and then we smile at all our friends. It's hard. We got our heads down and our hackles up, our backs against the wall. I can feel you aching. None of this was written in stone. There is nothing we're forbidden to know. And I can feel things changing. Even when I'm weak and I'm breaking, I stand weeping at the train station. Cause I can see your faces. There is so much peace to be found in people's faces. I saw it roaring. I felt it clawing at my clothes like a grieving friend. It said there are no new beginnings until everybody sees that the old ways need to end. But it's hard to accept that we're all one and the same flesh Given the rampant divisions between oppressor and oppressed But we are though More empathy Less greed More respect All I've got to say has already been said I mean you heard it from yourself When you were lying in your bed and couldn't sleep Thinking, couldn't we be doing this differently? I'm listening to every little whisper in the distance singing hymns and I can, I can feel things changing but it's so hard we got our heads down and our hackles up our backs against the wall I can feel your heart racing none of this was written in stone the current's fast but the river moves slow and I can feel things changing even when I'm weak and I'm breaking I stand weeping at the train station cause I can see your faces there is so much peace to be found in people's faces it's not enough to imagine we'll be happy when we've got enough stuff all this stuff is blocking us I'm neat with no chaser I'm all spirit but I'm sinking because these days are not days but strange symptoms and this age is our age but our age is rage sinking to beige and yes our children are brave but their mission is vague now i don't have the answers but there are still things to say i stare out at my city on another difficult day and i scream inwardly when will this change i'm beginning to fade but my sanity saved because i can see your faces my sanity saved Cause I can see your faces, it's hard We got our heads down and our hackles up Our backs against the wall, I can feel your heart racing None of this was written in stone The current's fast but the river moves slow And I can feel things changing Even when I'm weak and I'm breaking I stand weeping at the train station Cause I can see your faces I love people's faces.
baby where the sun rarely filters down. The ground is not so soft, it's not so soft. They build buildings to house people making money, or they build buildings to make money of housing people. True, like a lot of shit is true. Forging for a phone booth on the florist floor that is not so soft. I look up, it looks like the buildings are burning, but it's just the sun setting in the window. The solar system calling an end to another business day. Eternally circling, signaling the rhythmic clicking on and off of computers. The pulse.
such as fundamental goodness and the wisdom of the way. Steer your heart, precious heart, past the women whom you bought year by year, month by month, day by day. advice on bff.fm best frequencies forever this is the hundredth broadcast a very special day indeed and you were just hearing steer your way by leonard cohen from his final album before his death you want it darker oh huh wow also yeah leonard cohen died uh like the day or the day before Trump was elected. So oh, it's all connected. Woo. Um, and before that was Not So Soft live version by Ani DeFranco from a 
the live album Living in Clip, which I had totally forgotten about. I was so into Ani DeFranco when I was young. And she was like my political uh, music when I was a teenager and, uh, you know, 9-11 had happened. The Iraq war started. Bush was president. And this this was the music that I was turning to and being really impacted by during that period. And uh, that I was saying earlier on the show was was kind of the other really hard time in in my life that I was aware of. And before that, I uh, opened it up with People's Faces by Kate Tempest on her new album, The Book of Traps and Lessons. And all, all of those songs just like hit me to my core around what the struggle feels like. Um, so I want to read some of the, uh, you know, answers you gave me in my question about how we're what we're doing to cope with the with the weight of the political time that we're in um and your answers really reflected this tension between you know getting what little comforts we can eke out and being warriors of enlightened self-care and activism um and a lot of you talk about limiting your news consumption but some of you feel better about staying up on the latest. And so there's just, we have different needs around all of it. And, and maybe each of us have different needs at different times. But one of you wrote, um, staying informed actually makes me feel better, better than going through this blind. I might learn upsetting things, but they're happening whether I know about them or not. And I'd rather know. Uh, and then many of you talk about focusing on local causes instead of getting as caught up in the larger like national or global political sphere that that staying local can help you uh, and connected to people in your direct communities as a way to feel like you have more agency and some of you talked about the exhaustion of being actively involved through protests contacting representatives and how that kind of comes and goes in waves and i i imagine uh yeah, you just can't do it all the time. So one of you wrote, at first I tried getting more involved, activism, and it was exhausting and demoralizing to see terrible events and no repercussions. Then I thought I would try to just ignore it for my own personal well-being, but it's impossible to ignore and I felt guilty. So I doubled down on activism, joined my local ACLU chapter board, do everything I can to get people to vote and be aware of the issues. Wow, so you really... You found some energy in there, and and me, me, and I wonder if joining a board and being part of very organized action it gives it more structure uh, in a way that is encouraging and it's focused. It's focused on particular things. Um, and some of you talked about trying to focus on kindness and building the kind of world that you want to live in, but. Uh, one of you mentioned having more sex, which sounds like a great idea to me. So let's listen to more music. Here is St. Vincent from her latest album, Mass Education, with one of the great ways of coping, pills. Pills to wake, pills to sleep. Pills, pills, pills every day of the week Pills to walk, pills to think Pills, pills, pills for the family I spent a year 
advice on bff.fm best frequencies forever this is the 100th broadcast oh i had so much more music planned for you all but um my my timing isn't looking good so i'm i'm cutting a lot of songs unfortunately but it's important that i get to read a lot of the answers you all submitted um to me in response to my questions that I frequently ask my guests. So, um, yeah, I, I was really touched by a lot of the, the thoughtful responses you sent in. And this next part is about therapy. And for those of you that have seen a therapist, I asked how this has impacted your life. And the effects of therapy just really aren't so tangible, usually. And sometimes it takes years to notice changes. And the changes might be huge, but the progression is slow and zigzaggy. It's hard to see when you're in it. So your answers made me really happy. And I'm going to read some of them. Uh, This person writes, I've seen an expansion of the feelings I have access to. My pain got deeper, but so did my love. And it feels great. Having my therapist with me, even when she's not, has increased my courage and assisted me in a million ways. 
At night, when I lay down, I wrap my thoughts around her and sleep deep and peacefully, knowing I'm loved the way I'd always hoped for. This person says, I was one of those people who thought I didn't ever need help and could just work my way through everything on my own. When I learned my partner, my young child's father, was going to die, I reluctantly agreed to see someone to talk about it, and the minute I sat down and closed the door, I just started weeping. Without her, my life and the life of the people around me would be much worse today. This person says, it's given me the tools and the vocabulary to articulate and better reason about my own needs, to work through things while understanding that there isn't a binary right, wrong, accept, reject outcome, and to take space for my own needs where before I would dismiss their validity in the face of other people's. It's made me better at thinking about myself, less panicked when I don't know the answers, and slowly I'm getting better at navigating conflicting needs with the people who mean the most to me. I'd say it saved my life, but in the sense that I think I would have died, not in the sense that I think I would have died, but I think I'd be living the wrong life still, chasing things I didn't want, trying to save relationships that don't serve, and over-functioning myself into a state of paralysis. I love that. Um, This person says it's not all positive. Some people haven't had... Oh, no, this person... (laughs) Now I'm just reading what I wrote. (laughs) Um, Not everybody reported 100% positive experiences. (laughs) Some people haven't had the best time or or they haven't successfully found the right person or they feel really hesitant to try. And that is super understandable too. And there's no one right kind of therapy or one right therapist. So starting can be really overwhelming or logistically tricky. And but when you do it for a while, it can often turn out to be different from what you expected. And so I asked you to share something you know now about the process that you wish you'd known when you started. And there are two big themes to what you all shared with me. First, that the relationship you have with your therapist matters a lot. So here's some of what you had to say about that. Uh, Wait till you find a good match. Keep searching. If you don't like your therapist or dread therapy, it's probs not the right match. I agree. Uh, This person says, honestly, just that the therapist is important. That an unsuitable one doesn't mean therapy isn't going to work out. Uh, This person says, I wish I knew that therapy, that the relationship is really what fucking matters. I'm really tight with my therapist, and that's all the magic right there. It's between us every week in her office. I had no idea she'd be my biggest source of healing. I only wish I would have found her sooner. Uh, And this, this person says, even after years, the relationship with a therapist sometimes catches me out. They're a person you can be so open with. They're a tool to help you work something out. You see them more than some of your friends. And it's hard to fully comprehend how open with them you can be. You still get pulled into it being a relationship and so fear of judgment can slip in. Sense of shame doesn't totally evaporate. It's an inconsistent feeling. Also, understanding that they won't tell you the answer. They won't just say, you were wrong to do that, be better. Even when sometimes that's kind of what you want. It's layers upon layers of learning how to support yourself, even to learn to be firm with yourself. It's going to help you, but it's hard. Uh, But what's hard about it is 
that it's not so much the talking and saying things out loud, it's figuring out what you can do with it once you have. So the second part of that person's answer points to the second theme that I was seeing in all of your answers, which is that the healing and growth aren't linear and there's no one answer. So this person says that there's no linear path with a finish line and that curiosity above all else will be my roadmap. And this person wishes that they had known that the quote, nothing happened, what what a waste of money sessions usually precede huge shifts or deepened understandings and that it's okay to tell my therapist when it feels like nothing's happening. This is really great to read and I'm just so appreciative to all of you for sharing. So uh, before we wrap up the show with the big existential question, let's hear another song and we I'm going to play a cover of one of my go-to self-care songs. This is Death Cab for Cutie doing Bjork's All is Full of Love. You're listening to Radical Advice on BFF.fm. Yes, you are. And this is the 100th broadcast celebrating live here from the Secret Alley in San Francisco.
as all is full of love as performed by death cab for cutie on the stability ep you are listening to radical advice on bff.fm and uh we're coming up on the end of the show just about 17 minutes left but there'll be a nice long song at the end for you and yeah you have you have shared some really good stuff with me so that the advertisement for therapy isn't just coming from me and my guests we've got some uh some good uh statements from some satisfied customers who felt that therapy has made their life so much better and I know it's not accessible to everyone I know it's not maybe even the right format for everyone um there are options out there. Hit me up if you want to see the uh, spreadsheet I frequently uh, send out uh, that, at least for Bay Area people, lets you know where all the low-fee sliding scale counseling centers are around here. But however you get your support, I, I just hope you're finding it because you deserve that. And, and so do the people around you who will benefit from you being supported. Um, and I hope that you feel supported in your community that you have people in your life that you can turn to. I hope the show feels supportive when you listen. <sighs> yeah. So it's very important that we talk about the big question that I always ask my guests. And that question, I like to kind of catch people off guard with it too, because it's you know, there's a million ways you could, you could go with answering it. And it's, it's, it's always just really delightful for me to hear how people do, because it's very vague and broad. Um, but the question is, the treasure is buried somewhere in San Francisco. What is the treasure and where is it buried? So from the answers you've sent in, from answers a lot of my guests have given me, big takeaway is... A really important treasure that people are seeking is affordable housing. Uh, and in difficult times, it's it's really heartening to know so many of you care. Also, some of you said some very nice things about me, and um, that that yes, that made me cry. And I'm not going to read those here, but I just know that I'm so grateful and uncomfortable at the same time <laughs> um oh and and one of my fellow djs uh steve fox wrote in great show therapy changed steve fox's life yes so glad to hear that you can hear uh steve fox on on saturday mornings i think at 8 or seven thirty. uh wake the fuck up another great political political revolutionary show here on bff.fm um but for now, I'm going to read some of your responses to this question about the treasure, what it is and where it's buried. And in order to do that, because these answers are so sweet, I am going to play some music underneath. We're going to hear Hannah Peel's Life is on the Horizon uh, because it's soothing and pretty and it makes me feel
So I'm just going to read these. The treasure is a pupusa. It is not buried, but rather for sale for under $10 at multiple locations in the mission. It's a dog waiting to be adopted by me at the SFSPCA to make my life complete. The treasure is Rock and Swap at USF, which, uh, by the way, you should Google that. It sounds amazing. It's like a big record exchange fair. The treasure is the generosity, selflessness, intelligence, and enthusiasm of the people you get to know really well. Buried under small talk and road rage and networking meetings. It's reading on the second floor of the Potrero Hill Library on a rainy day. The treasure is buried in a place I feel at peace alone. The treasure is the people who are already in your life. It's on Muni buried in the eyes of everyone we pass. The treasure is the future, any minute now. It's halfway across the street, maybe Valencia or South Ennis or Folsom. The sun is a little low at about 4 p.m. It's starting to turn gold. You're in the middle of a busy neighborhood, and yet, momentarily, there's barely a car on the street for blocks. You look south toward Bernal, and the light dances, a hazy magic sparkle of city dust. Beams of light refract, and you can see so far. It's so still, the symmetry of America's long, unwavering streets extends into the indistinct glimmer. In that little moment as you cross the meridian, you can take the biggest breath. Expand your ribs, pull your shoulders back a little, and just soak in this uniquely city piece. You're surrounded by life and movement, and any moment now, there will be a sound or a scream or a horn, but you're living in a momentary snapshot simultaneously at peace and electrified in a way that only a city can stimulate. You are bathed in the treasure and you carry just a little of it with you to the other side of the street, caught in the folds of your clothes and cupped hand palms. You walk off the ground for a little while, savoring the rarity of spectacular urban beauty. <sighs> That was so beautiful and moving. Thank you. Thank you so much for participating and making the 100th broadcast of Radical Advice really special and reminding me that creating spaces like this really does make a difference. And even if it's just making a difference for me, that's okay. I am 
I'm looking forward to at least 100 more. So, as always, I want you to follow Radical Advice on Twitter and Facebook and submit your life questions at RadicalAdviceShow.com. You can support the show and the station at bff.fm slash donate by becoming a bestie or making a one-time donation. And I'm going to close out the show today with a musical antidote to sorrow and fear. One that's just melancholy enough for me to still like it and trust trust the the joy in it um this is low with nothing but heart i will catch you next week there